You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now. Okay. So we're talking about the mitzvah of Haseba. We have 20 minutes of Shulchan Aruch, which we're going to talk about Haseba and Dalit cases. We start with Tofai and Bays. And let me, I'm just going to manage the participants here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to mute everyone. And you're going to be able to unmute yourself if you want to ask a question. Okay, so here we go. Uh, now, the halacha is that a child does haseba in front of his father. Even if the father is his rabbi. As we know, many, many people were zeicha that their parents should be their rabbeim hamufokim. Such was the case with the Rav Yoshebeir of Salvatric of Boston, his father of Mesha, was his Rebbe Muvak. But according to Shulchan Aruch here, even though there's, as we're going to see in the next line, Talmud Lifnei Rabo, Einot Tzarech Haseba, a student who's not related doesn't do Haseba. In fact, Einot Tzarech, as the Mishnah Bura says, doesn't mean Einot Tzarech, but it means because as Rabbi Yosef teaches us, that even though when there's no person there, it's only God, you do a seba. But when you have your Rebbe, that physical representation of the Talmud Chochem who represents God for you, you have, you, have, it does, you have to fear him. And therefore, sitting in front of him in this ambiance, in this languorous position would be incorrect, as we've talked about. So that's when th- th- that's when it comes to your Rebbe. But if your father is your Rebbe, then you do Eseba. Why? Because you have a different relationship. Your father, even if he's your Rebbe Muvak, it's different. Your father tells you to do it. You're learning from your father. It's The, the nature of the relationship is different. Many people are very close to their rabbeim as if they're their parents, but it's still not the same. There's something about the father-son relationship which allows Haseba, which demands Haseba. And by a student, no matter how close he is and how much he feels for him, according to the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Gemara about Rabbi Yosef, you would not do Haseba. Ella imkain yitin l'rabbi rishus. If the rabbi gives him rishus, so, and then you should, assuming, however, the, 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 the Talmud feels comfortable. Meshavur does not say that. Meshavur says, Va'oz And that means the rabbi tells him, go do it. Now, however, um, Rav Shapiro from Eretz Yisrael, uh, who wrote a parish on the Sefer Smak, disagrees with this Mishnah Bura. He says the Shulchan Aruch, even though it says that Elam Kenyitin that means that you have the right to do a Seba. But if you still feel uncomfortable, if you still have this relationship with your Rebbe, even though he's telling you to do it, you just don't feel right. You have such Yiras HaKovoid for your Rebbe. They say that Reb Chaim Valoshner, who used to learn by the Vilna Gon, when he would just hear the Vilna Gon's name, he would shake. And he was one of the closest people to the Vilna Gon there ever was, Chaim of Eloshin. But he'd heard someone say the Gaina Vilna, you would see him physically shaking. If you're in front of your Rebbe, and if you can't get that out of your mind, 
Rav Shapiro disagrees with the Mishabur. He says, then you're not Mechuyev because it's not really Haseba. Your body's in that position, but your brain is not. Now, Talmud Chocham Muflag B'deirei, if you have the schus to be by a Talmud Chocham Muflag B'deirei, one of the G'deirei Adar, you have the schus to be at his Seder. You're not his Talmud. In some way, I guess you've heard some psalkim from him, but you haven't learned by him. He doesn't really know you. You never learned anything from him? That would be, it would be usher to do Haseba. The same way uh, a, 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 a regular Rebbe. The Ramah says. Now, this is a Kiddush that the Ramah chapped from uh, the Chuvis Mari Broina, an Italian Paisic, who lived about 50, 60 years uh, before the Ramah. Okay? And the Ramah quoted him in this regard. If you're on a different table and you happen to be in a hotel and you're in a different table and the God of Ador is in another table with his family, <laughs> so then uh, you're, you're running your own Seder. The, you, you see the God of Ador is over there, but you should be Behaseba. So you think, looks like we have a note here from Henach, I think. Let's see. Oh, from Hanan. Um, Hanan is asking, what does it mean when we say uh, Rabbi Muvak? And I guess I didn't explain that well. Um, the Rabbi Muvak, uh, um, Hanan, really is not the issue. Uh, as you can see here, I feel I know Rabbi Muvak. You don't do a Seba even if he's not your Rebbe Muvak. Even if you don't have Rebbe Chachmosim, he's one of your Rebbeim and a whole slew of people that you were Zochot to be Makabal from. Um, so Talmud Chach, so actually, it doesn't really play a role here. I can see where you can make a chiluk between Rabbi Muvak. What we have here is a Talmud, a Rebbe who's not a Rebbe Muvak, and you have here a Talmud Chacham Muflug B'deirei, who you have like the Godelai, one of the great G'deirei Ador, great Rov. So in both of those cases, you would not do a Seba. It's, the Ramah is giving a head there if they're at a different table. I just want to show you about that. Oh, that's not good. Let's take a look at the Mishnah Bura here and see if Koton Yud Ches. He says, Al Shulchan Bifnei Bifnei and even though, uh, so this would be, even though your Rebbe can see you, but you're at your own table. You have your own little table, maybe. It's not really a zilzo. Because you're at a different table, or you've got your own table. Sounds from here that he's running, that it's one big seder, but you're at a, you're at a separate table. However, that Prechadosh disagrees with the Ramah. He sees you. Your Rebbe sees you there. And you can see him. It doesn't make a difference if you're at a different table. So the Prima Godim says, probably in such a situation, what you should do <laughs> is go to him and say, look, uh, Rebbe, are you okay? Are you okay with me being massive or not? Uh, I think there is a Sharetzion here. If, let me see if that's correct. Let's go down a little bit. There's a Shartzion, you can see. And he says here, the Dark Emoshim Bishem, 
This is at a separate table. So if you take a look over here, you see the Mari Broina has a different shita than the Shulchan Aruch, than the way the Mishmur explains the Shulchan Aruch. The Mari Broina anyway says that a, a, a Talmud always has the right to be massive if he wants to. He just doesn't have to be massive. And therefore, the Marie Breina holds that if he's on a different table, <laughs> for sure. Because the Marie Breina has a whole different shot in the Gemara. Again, the reason the Gemara talks about the Hanhaga between Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef. At, by Rabba, the Talmidim did Haseba. But Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, eh, you don't need to. Marie Breina takes the Gemara Kipshutai to mean that you don't need to. Rabbi Yosef didn't say it was Osir. Right? Even though he says, it doesn't mean that it was Osir. What it means is, if you want, you don't need to. He says, you guys don't need to do Haseba. Marie Breina assumes, so that means is, you have the right to do Haseba if you want, even by your Rebbe. And over there, by the way, Hanan was actually a Rebbe Muvak, because it was Abaya by Rabbi Yosef. And the Mari Brena learns that even by Rabbi Muvak, it's Eino Tzarech, but you can do Eseba if you want to. So therefore, the Mishabura says, of course, the Mari Brena is the big makel with Eseba by a Rebbe. That's why he says, if you're at a different table, do Eseba. He says, Mashenken Lididon, we hold there's an Isura. So, Iev Shavahak, like the Prichadash. So in other words, the Mishabura, right over here, people say the Mishabura has no muscles. Mishabura here actually knocks the Ramah out. He says, I'm with the Prichadash on this. The, the Ramah seemed the Marah, the Ramah incorrectly quotes this Marie Broida, which he himself disagrees with essentially about what this din of Talmud Eitzel is. So therefore, it's like how can he quote the part about being at a different table when he disagrees essentially about what the yachas between a Rebbe and a Talmud is vis-a-vis Since the we hold like the Ramah that it's in the Isser, if there's an Isser, another table shouldn't make a difference. Like the free says, what's well, make a difference you're at a different table? The point is you don't feel comfortable. The point is he's seeing you. All right. Yeah, right. He asked him for shoes, then it should be okay. Let's see. We have another point over here. Let's see. Um, Henech uh, is asking, um, doesn't the story of going out of Egypt with Hashem's hand? Um, yeah, okay. Enochinami, Hakadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim, but there's certain things you don't forget. You know, as much as we're all equal in terms of Yitzias Mitzrayim, there's certain social things you don't forget, and you don't forget the fact that you're with someone. We'll, we'll go into this a little bit more as as we move on in the Shulchan Aruch. Okay. We started at 7.50, so we've got another nine minutes of halacha. A lot of halacha to do, so we'll see. Um, Hashamish Tzorach HaSeba. Hashamish has got a job. He's paid to be at this hotel. He's paid to be working here. As I explained in some other classes, the Shamish might not be a schlepper. It might be his day. The Talmud HaKomim used to be Mishamish each other. But let's even assume over here that he is a schlepper. He is a person that, uh, unfortunately, this is where he's working. That's what he is. He's got to be, he's going to have his Seder later, or in between. So even though he's working, but Lamaisi needs a Seder. He has to do a Seder. You're not going to say that, uh, oh, come on, <laughs> a Seder makes no sense for you. You're working tonight. For him, he's got to eat that matzah with a Seder despite that. 
Interesting Mishnah Brewer here. He says, even if the guy who's paying him, <laughs> the master, in other words, he might be a full-time butler. And, you know, and Chaves, uh, I don't know, you think about the name, the butler's Jeeves, and I don't know, this is Bertie, <laughs> Bertie Wooster and Jeeves. So let's say uh, Bertie Wooster is the, uh, is, the, is the master, and he tells Jeeves, well, you know, like even in front of, even in front of him, he has to be massive. He's not just a shamish today. He's the butler. He takes care of everything. At least tonight, he's got to be a little bit different. He might be an indentured servant and sense the rest of the time. But on tonight, he's got to act a little bit different, at least in terms of the first Kezayas of Matzah and the Kezayas of Afikomen. That's two Kezayasim and the four cups. I'm going to get to the points in a minute. The Gemara actually mentions this as well as a Havamina against Rabbi Yasef. The Gemara mentions that a Talmud ate so rabbi. The Gemara gives an example of, based on the way Rabbi Yasef explains it, those of you that were in my class a couple of days ago in the Talmud class and the fundamentals, Talmud ate so rabbi meant like you had an apprentice, an apprentice shoemaker. An apprentice, uh, t- apprentice carpenter. In those days, the apprentice was a very young person, and believe me, the uh, the balabos, the guy who ran the business, he was a tough guy. You're lucky to get the break, and they they worked these people tough, and they worked them hard, and they weren't necessarily nice to them at all. Um, let's see. Uh, Avrami says, if he's doing his Seder later, what's he eating now? Um, Yeah, okay, you're right. He's probably serving now, but then he he might not have Avrami another room to eat in. (laughs) Uh, He might actually, you know, while they're having Shulchan Aruch, he might then get his matzah and and do the save and everything in front of the the boss. But over here we're actually talking about, let's say he's not the Shamish, but but the, the the master carpenter invites the kid apprentice to his house to have the Seder. Normally, their relationship is a tough one. Still, take a look. Okay, everybody here? We're back, right? Okay. Um, share the screen. Yeah, now we are. Yeah. We we lost you for about a minute and a half. Yeah, that's what happens here. We got the, you know, well, let's see. Um, so let's take a look again by the poyo. But what did poyo sheyeshloi? Let me manage the participants. I'm gonna mute all. And let's take a look here at the Mishnah Berurah. What did poyo? As I said, he's a tough taskmaster. Person who stole and now works for you to pay up the debt. Or a person who needed money and sold himself and now he's working for you. Well, I'll call upon him, even though he's an Eved, he's an Eved on the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. 
he's chayev b'kazayis rishon kishamish. Now, the Indian of Kanani, the Mishabur is not sure. He says, Ayin Bachreinim. And the reason is, is because the Achreinim discussed this question, the, the, the Gon Chida and others, Elio Rabba, because the, 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 one of the Rishonim, the Smak, says that an Eved Eitzel Rabba doesn't do Haseba. An Eved Eitzel Rabba doesn't do Haseba. So the the uh, Rabbi Yaakov Reicher, one of the great Paiskim of the beginning of the 18th century, middle part, beginning of the 18th century, says that there's a difference in Evid Kanani and an Evid Ivri. That an Evid Ivri is almost like you. He's just a regular Jew. You have to treat him great. You have to be very, uh, therefore, he's going to do a Seba. An Evid Kanani, though, as we know, you're not even supposed to free an Evid Kanani. <laughs> there's a Mitzvah, you're not supposed to free him. He's supposed to, he's, he's supposed to, him and his family are supposed to be in perpetual servitude. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like the antebellum south. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're whipping him, the guy, <laughs> but he is an Evid. So therefore, there's, uh, therefore, some Akhrenim say that an Evid Kanani wouldn't do a Zeba. It's, 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 it's a Mufke from the Baosha. <laughs> he's not a Ben Chayrin. Even though he's Chayvin Mitzvah like a woman, but he still wouldn't do it. Like Rav Shapiro, it's clear because you don't have the same relationship to him that you have with the Abed Ivri. <laughs> the Abed Kanani, you're not going to free. It's not Jaya. So therefore, the Abed Kanani, there's some that say, he doesn't feel it anyway. It's a joke to him. What, are you going to call him in and tell him to do a seva? You treat him like he's taking the garbage out. He's, he's going after the bathroom too. He's doing all this other stuff for you. So therefore, his seva really doesn't make sense for him. That's what some say about an Ebeknani. It's, it's a little bit of a contradiction because here we are celebrating the night of Pesach, but as I said to my class the other day, the Rambam says in, in, in Hilchas Chometz that if you have a child who doesn't understand the idea of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you point to the Eved. <laughs> you point to the family Eved and you say, oh, okay, Eved's it. <laughs> you're, you're like, this is the way we were, like this guy, like, like Rufus, who's still the Eved by us. So you see that the Ebed is, even though, again, it's a shtickle, again, it's not politically correct to say, but that's the halochet. Got a minute more left. Let's just do one more thing here. Once there's a chiyav haseba, and again, we know what it's talking about. We're talking about a Talmud, talking about everybody else at the Seder, the adults. If you need to do a seib and you don't, Chazal connected to the mitzvah. David Kaisas, a chaluk of David Kaisas. And again, it's not so clear because some Rishayim learn that, uh, okay, you can have David Kaisas without a seib. And it's based on the sugya there. But the Shulchan Aruch paskins that if you need a seib, then you're not really yoytze. And therefore, let's say you forgot to do the leaning. That would be the matzah. The lishtois and to drink the dalit kaisois baseba. So this is a very chomer dikavokhi. You have to do it again. If you, if you forgot to do it, because dalit kaisois is, 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 is obviously not just about drinking wine. It's about being a ben chayrit. It's about a whole attitude. And you didn't, you didn't assume the position. And therefore, you'd have to drink the dalit kaisois again. Now, the yesh the bizman hazeh ain't derech lahasev. So the, I mentioned this the other day. There's the sheet of the Ravio. 
We mentioned this, uh, I think, but I think we mentioned it the other time as well. Um, got a, a comment here. Um, I think you can hear me, or you can. I think you can. I see Hanan is nodding his head, right? You can hear me, right? Good. Okay. Okay. That was from before. Okay. So, um, the Ravio. The Ravio says that there, that Haseba doesn't make sense today because he's, he, he witnessed the way things were, and he says nobody leans today anyway. It, it's not Terach Malchus. So therefore, the, the, the Ramo, who was an Ashkenaz, who wasn't part of the, the Oriental countries, he says, anyway, we might not have a Dina Seba anymore. It's, 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 it's one of these things that Halacha has jettisoned. It was true in the time of Chazal, but now it's just obscure. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't send the same message anymore. Again, the Vilna Gon disagrees. The Kavachayim disagrees. They say, no, you should do strange things. Do a Seba even though it's strange. The Rav Yoh says, you don't do a Seba because it's strange. You do a Seba because that's what a Melech does. Well, Melochim don't do that anymore. Since Melochim don't do it anymore, so now you can be Mekel if you did it without a Seba, not to do it a second time. To have to do it again, which becomes this question about adding places, so you don't have to do it again. And that would be even by Matzah, the Rav would hold that. The Ramah is Machri, he says, The third or fourth cup, there, there's a Isra, there's a problem of drinking another cup in the middle, so there we should use the Rav Yoh and not do Haseba. However, that looks like you're adding an extra cup. Because according to the Rav Yo, you didn't need to do a Seba again. And now they're adding another cup. It's like you're making five cups or six cups. And, and therefore, the whole remez of David Kaisis is not there anymore. But the Ramah holds, if you make a mistake on the first and second cup, especially the second cup, you should drink it again. Not with a brocha, but you should drink it again. And of course, when it comes to matzah as well, if you forget to do uh, matzah, so what you should do uh, to do a seba, like, you should, you should, um, you don't, again, what he's saying, by matzah, you could do a seba again, but you don't make an achilas matzah. You don't make achilas matzah, you need the piece of matzah again. Which is finished here. Latchila Yosef, skipped it. Next page. Sorry, everybody. A little bit skips over here. Koasuda. Likatchila, the dinaseba should be the whole meal, not just for, um, not just for uh, the matzah. Um, the Mishabur, by the way, says if you forget to do a seib in the apikayman. And then you bench, you definitely are going back and 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 uh, and eat again, because you can't eat afikoyman twice. Especially the the Rambam says seib is on the kizayis matzah. That sounds like the first kizayis, not the afikoyman. So therefore, uh, afikoyman you wouldn't have to do a you wouldn't have to eat it again. If you didn't do a seib by the matzah, you should actually eat another piece of matzah again with a seib. Again, the Shulchan Aruch ends, the Ramah says, it should really be the whole meal you should try to eat with a Seba, as we said.
Okay, that's it for tonight on Aseba. Uh We're going to talk later if we're going to have the shir tomorrow night. I hope we will because we still have a lot of things to do in terms of Shulchan Aruch. Now let's go to the um, Yerushalmi. So let's see where we are. Okay, we're going to be talking about a very important topic again, Lashon Hara. So let's see where we were. The Gemara says, uh, the Gemara got speaking about Lashon Hara because the Gemara talked about the four mitzvos in the Mishnah in Peya, which of course were Havasholom, Benonim Lachavero, Kibbet Aveim, and and the fourth one was Talmateira. And then we brought the negatives. And the negative was Lashon Hara. And through that, the Yerushalmi is one, this Yerushalmi and Peye began speaking about the terrible aspects and how bad Lashon Hara is. So we have more about that today. And let it be, of course, let us try to be macabre what, it's, what it says here about Lashon Hara. What does Loshon Hara really mean? So Rabbi Yochanan said, Ha'omro, saying it directly, Vahayodo. Yodo is not the guy from Star Wars. Who is Yodo? What does Yodo mean? Yodo means that you let the person know. In other words, you give the person the idea without saying it. There's ways to say Lashon Hara by hinting, using your eyes, your hands, little code words. It doesn't necessarily mean that you actually said it with Amira. You conveyed the information without direct, emphatic, expressive speech. That's still called Lashon Hara. The Gemara is going to give you an example. <laughs> the people that used to make flax and they'd made it privately, uh-oh, all of a sudden the Romans, whoever it was that was running, running Eretz Yisrael, said, Jew, you're drafted to work for the army now. You got to come and work for the army and do it for the government. We talked about, remember, two nights, a couple nights ago, how terrible it is when you get drafted by the army to do the job that you could do at home. They know you've got expertise in this, but when they have you doing it for the army, they beat you up and they do a lot of terrible things. So because of that, they're one of the people that was supposed to like, you know, beat the flax and make the linen for the army or for the king, whoever it was. His name was Chovetz, the son of Chovetz. Now Chovetz is also like cheese or yogurt. Uh-huh. The low Solik, and he didn't show up. And the rest of the guys were upset. Hey, where's Barchovitz? Barchovitz ran away. We got to go do this job. We got to go march, what, two, three, four, and do this job with the, with the government. And he's, he's hanging, and they don't have his name on their list. Amre, so you know what they said? They, got, they wanted to try to get him in trouble. They wanted to try to get the, the government to sort of like go back and get him. So what did they do? They staged a, 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 a play acting. 
they staged the conversation. They said, Hey, what are we eating today? So the other one said, We're going to have some cheese, some yogurt. When the, when the general, whoever it was, the guy with the papers heard that, he said, Omar, go get chayvets. <laughs> that was like Lashon Hara. That's an example of Lashon Hara where it's sneaky. That's not, that's Lashon Hara, right? You look at it, what did I say? What did I say? I didn't say nothing. All I said is we're eating cheese. Hey, you know what you said. You were trying to get this guy to think about it. You can imagine. Got a comment here. Let's take a look. Um, no, this is not Chomets, uh, Udi. This is Chovets. <laughs> Chovets, which I guess might be similar. It's uh, definitely some sort of fermentation probably goes on. No, no. This was actually just the guy who worked at But take a look what's happening next. Um... Balvutim de Tsipirin, they were also these guys that were these Balvutim, they were these uh, uh, writers, notaries, uh, they knew how to write stuff, and they would like write documents, okay, they got to come work too, tax time. Havilin Somis, uh-oh, here they are, go up, two, three, four, they're working for the government now. There was a certain Yochanan, the low Solik, and he didn't show up, and uh-oh, and it seemed like the, the, the guy, the sergeant who's got the list, doesn't have Yochanan on their names. And these other notaries, these other pencil pushers, they're all saying, hey, hey, where is he? Hey, where's Yochanan? So again, they stage a little bit of play acting. Omar Chad Lechevri. Lesson on Sleekin, Mavakun Rabbi Yochanan, Yomadain. Hey, you think we should go visit the rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, today? Maybe after we're finished doing the hard work, we'll go visit Rabbi Yochanan. Aha! Uh-huh. Amrin, when the general sergeant heard that, did I hear you guys say Yochanan? Hey, that's the guy that's missing. Yay, say Yochanan. Go bring Yochanan to go work here today with the rest of you pencil pushers. I'm Rabbi Shimon Lokish. Now, of course, that's Loshon Arabitzina, because obviously the sergeant, sergeant isn't going to be too happy that Yochanan was a slacker. And that was, that was a, a Loshon Arabitzina. And in fact, it's even worse than that. Uh, there's another gear so that says, Zel Loshon Arabitzina. The play acting was a mitzvah. They said, let's go visit our Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan. The words that they said, if you didn't know the context, sounds like a mitzvah mamish. It was a phony baloney. They were talking about going to see the God of Ador. What was really behind it was getting Yochanan in trouble. That's Lashon Hara, couched in a mitzvah. Wow. Amr of Barkana. Incredible Gemara coming up. Incredible. Started at 8.10. The uh, we're going to be going as we said to 8:40, so we got about 18 minutes. Let's see how much 18 minutes matzah. Let's see how much we can do over here. Maybe a little bit more than 18. We'll see. Amar of Gabba Barkana, David Kulam Tzadikim. Are you? They were Tzadikim in general. There were some Rishayim there, but Al Yidei Shoyu Lachen Dal But there were some pretty big name Lashon Haraniks. People who gossiped, people who spoke against others, 
Therefore, because of those, Therefore, wars were lost. The time of Shul, the time of David, wars were lost because of them. That's what David said. He said, <laughs> I'm among these lions. I sleep among, I lie down among these passionate, fiery people. Who was he talking about? So he says, The truth is, there's, they're great people. Avner and Amsha. Avner Sartsevo of Shol and Amsha. They're great people. They're like lions in Taira. But they have a problem. And we're going to see what it is. I, I was lying with these passionate, fiery people. You know who they are? Doyeg who told the Lashon Hara about David and about the Kayan Godel and Achitaifo, who we also know was a, a Maushin and, and was the one who encouraged Avshalom to rebel. So these were very famous people, but they had problems. Some of the greatest people had problems in terms of what they said and what they didn't say not using their mouth properly, caused Jewish lives to be lost in battle. Bnei Odom, David HaMelech went, Shineyem Chonis, Vichitzim, their teeth, like the Rosh's teeth on the Haggadah, that, that he speaks his words out, are like, uh, what are they? They are like a, um, they're, they're like a, a, a spear and arrows. Who are those? Evu Balei Ke'ilah. The people of the city of Kiva that David didn't do anything to. David was kind to them. David and his band. The skid, the Ksiv, David asked Ashaili. He wasn't sure. He asked uh, by the Urim Vitumim. Hayiskareni Balei Keila? Will the Balei Keila think on me? Will they trap me with Shoal? And, and the answer was they will. So there are people that, 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 that are willing to snitch, that are willing to use their speech incorrectly. And that was the door of David and Shoal. And because of that, Jewish lives were lost. Hayyared Shoal, that's what he said. When Shoal comes down, will he, will they give him over to me? And the answer was they will. And that's why David was careful about that. David went on in the Pasuk Tillam. Their tongues are like a sharp sword. Who is that? Ebu Hazifim. That was this tribe of Zephim who lived in Eretz Yisrael where David was hanging out. The Zephim came, the Yomer Lashol, and they told Shai, David is hiding. So you see that people schmoozed, people, people couldn't control their mouths, people got involved in, 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 in arguments that weren't theirs. It wasn't their decision that David, right? What did David do wrong to them? In the name's next him. You shouldn't even be among us. Look, some of our best people, some of the, the leaders, some of our people who live here in peace, but they, but, but, but they can't control their mouths. They snitch. They use their debor against to, to cause rifyon between people, fighting between people. God, I can see why you don't want to be in this. You should, you should, leave, the, you should leave your hashgacha from us. David HaMelech said, Take your shechin away. The very next pasuk says, "Ruma 
you're, you're on Shemayim, HaKoretz Kebeidecha. That was David and Shoal's uh, period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely were Oyvet Avedet Zara big time. But, but Lamaisa, they did not have snitchers. They were bad. They were Oyvet Avedet Zara. They didn't keep a lot of Teresh about bad, but they didn't snitch on each other. They won battles because of that. How do you know that? What did Ovadiohu say to Eliyahu? When Eliyahu came back to Achav, Ovadiohu says, oh boy, you're public enemy number one. Uh, Achav hates you. It's going to be dangerous for me to be seen with you. And Ovadiohu told him, you know, I've been hiding these hundred Nevi'im. I've been giving them bread and water. And now you're here. It's, it's going to make things terrible. You're, you're here. It's, I'm nervous about you being here. Didn't you hear Asher Asisi? That terrible woman had killed out all these other Nevi'im. And I was, I saved a hundred of them. And I keep on going into hiding to their hiding places, wherever they are in isolation and quarantine. And I'm giving them bread and water. So the Navi has to tell us what Ovadio said. Now, why does it have to tell us that he was bread and water? Let him just say, I was giving them the provisions from one stop, whatever it was, from Meals on Wheels. What did, why did he have to say bread and water? It was a shortage of water. They couldn't get fresh water. And you know what it was for Avadio, the tzaddik, to find water for them? He had to schlep and ask and beg. That means everybody knew what was going on. You can't hide such a thing. And they're all in different places. It was a, it was a secret that the Hamoin knew. The average Avadio Zoranik over there in Malchus Yisrael knew there was this tzaddik called Avadio, and they knew that these guys were hiding. Still, Achav did not know. The government didn't know. The police didn't know. So you see, they weren't Daltairin. And what did Elio say? Elio Machras Bahara Carmel. What did he say when he tried to make his case when he was Machra of the Korbanos in Bahara Carmel? He made a speech. And he said, I'm the only Novi here. Now Elio knew that wasn't true. Elio was told by Avadia that there was a hundred other Neviim in hiding. And so did the audience. But the, the king didn't know. <laughs> the whole people knew what was true. But they did not tell the king. And that's an incredible madrega of the Dora Bachav. <laughs> an incredible madrega that they were not Bali Lashadora. The door of David and Shaul were Bali Lashonara compared to the people of Achav. The Nitziv says in his parish on Chumish that the door of Achav, based on the Yerushalmi, I believe, was incredible in Chesed. They did incredible chasodim in terms of rights for their citizens, greater than was done possibly in the, in the earlier Tkufus even of Shaul, of Shlomo Melech. But again, so that is actually quite a pella. <laughs> David, good to see you, David. So, so that that is that is an incredible pella if you think about it, of how a choshev the um, the door of Achav was in terms of being nizar in Loshon Har. We got ten more minutes, my friends, on the Yerushalmi. You know what? 
I, I hope all of you are with me about how sweet this year Shalmi is, because this is this is incredible stuff. This year Shalmi. Let's go on. You, you, right. You know, a lot of times when we learn your Shalmi, we say, "Oh, the Bavli said it this way. Your Shalmi said it this way." This is brand new material, I think, for a lot of you. So here we go. Uh, this is a pretty familiar piece of Gemara. The Gemara Eirach, and I think, says it very similar. It says, Why is Lashon Hara called Shlishi? Why is it called a, a, a language of three? It's like the language of the three. Because Shulhoireg, as we know, Shlisha kills three people. Ha'imrei, the person who says it. Hamakabloi, and of course, the one who was said about. And in fact, in the time of Shoal, four people were killed basically because of Lashon Hara. As you can see, Doyeg is the one who said Lashon Hara about what David did and what the Kayin Gadol did. Shoal was Makabo, Shekibloi. Achimelech, that was the Kayin Gadol who was killed. And Avner. Avner, who was Shoal's Sartzavah. Now remember, when Shoal originally wanted to kill out the city of Nov for harboring David, he told Avner, Avner, you're my, you're my muscle. You go kill them. And Avner refused to do it. So why did Avner, what, what was Avner's Lashon Hara here? Avner Loma So we're going to see in a minute a bunch of questions. Did he die for Lashon Hara? We're going to see a couple of different explanations. Avner was a tzaddik, but he was killed. Um, he was killed by uh, uh, he was killed by um, uh, uh, Yoav's brother killed him. Um, why did Rabbi Shalom let Avner get killed? So we'll see in a minute. Rabbi Shua ben Levi, I think Avner, I think uh, Yoav killed him. Yoav killed Avner. But why did uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu let Avner die by Yoav's hand? Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish, Three reasons why Avner died. Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Al Sha'asa Domen Shal Norim we know that there was like a pause in the battle between the forces of David and the forces of Shoal. Avner was leading the forces of Shoal, and Yoav and company were leading the forces of David. They weren't always at each other's throats. One camp was here, the other camp was there. They said, look, let's have a ceasefire, and let's bring the soldiers out, and you know what, let's have like a little bit of, uh, of gladiator uh, Olympics. Let's do a little bit of fighting. Yeah, they're not real stuff. <laughs> but you know what happened, of course. What happened when that occurred was they really did start fighting. Because the idea was, Yoav got this idea, hey, let's have a little stage battle. Yeah, it's not real. Let's just have like your best and my best and no killing really. We're anyways fighting. It's a little ceasefire. But you know what happened, of course, in that? What that was, everything became was like a, like it was like a Wembley, uh, London uh, uh, soccer explosion. What happened was everybody started fighting, and and the people got into it, and it was like a it was like a battle royal, and there was actually bloodshed because of that. And Avner didn't have the seichel to realize you don't turn a game, don't no violent games, and that's what happened there. So let's, let's take a look, because <laughs> It was it was human lives, and he made a game out of it. By the way, this is a an incredible. Obviously, it was very unique because they had in their 
they had in their hands weapons. But you tell me if this isn't a toichach against high school kids playing football. And you know the Goyim and, and Mamie Yidin too are big football fans. Friday night football is, is tremendous in Texas and other places. You're letting kids be violent and get hurt. And, and that means you don't understand the value of human life and how people do get violent in sports. Just ask Daryl Stingley. Next. Rav Shimon Lokish says, why was Avner killed? Because when Avner wrote a note to David, he put his name first. He thought David is an upstart. He, he respected David, but he put David's name under him. He didn't say, look, COVID David, I'm Avner, and I, I have an idea for you. He said, Avner first. So he didn't have the proper covet Amalchus. That's why Avner died. But Rabban and Amre, you know why? Because it was part of Lashon Hara. Because he did not allow, there were two incidents that occurred in Sefer Shmuel, where David was very close to Shol, it's two prokem apart, Perak Chavdavid and Perak Chavav and Perak Shmuel Aleph. In both of those prokem, David finds out where Shol is. Shol is either in a cave, uh, uh, going to the bathroom in private, and David happens to be in the same cave, or he's right across the canyon from him and sleeping. And in those two stories, David was able to get close to Shol. Now, the first time what he did was, when Shoal was there, and he, I guess Shoal took off one of his outer begotten to go to the bathroom, David snipped a piece of the begot off. And then later said to Shoal, hey, look, Shoal, I could have killed you. Here, you see this? This is your royal robe. I could have killed you. I was right there. I didn't. You see, I don't hate you. You see, I'm not against you. I love you. Don't listen to the Russian horror about me. Now, of course, God was behind this, sending a Ruach Ra in Shoal. And Shoal cried. Shoal said, is that you, David? Is that your voice? My son, he loved David. He loved him. He hated him. Shoal was confused. But at that moment, there was a, a possibility that you could have acted on that emotional moment when David showed the piece of material that, that David and, and Shoal could have made up and, and so many lives would have been spared. Who knows how the future of Claudius Yusro would have been different. And what happened? Avner talked Shol out of it, according to this Yerushalmi. What happened? This is where David refers. This is one of the places, by the way, that we know that a father-in-law is called, uh, uh, you can call your father-in-law dad. Look, Dad, I've got the piece of your robe in my hand. So Avner said, don't believe him. Don't believe that he, that, that he actually was close enough to kill you when he cut it. You know what happened? You went in to use the bathroom over there, and your robe got caught on some thorns. 
some thorns cut the piece of off and he took the piece. He wasn't close enough to kill you. Don't believe in what he's saying, that, that he loves you. And that's why Shoal was still after David. And that's why he chased him again to proc him later. But then once again, Shoal was sleeping. They were all asleep. And David and his men came close. And David's agents, David's friends said, kill him, kill him. He's right there lying asleep. Put the spear in him. He says, I'm not going to kill the Shoal. I'm going to take the spear. I'm going to take, take the jug. And I'm going to show him that I didn't kill him. And that's what happened. Kivan Shabola Magel, he came to the place where they were all sleeping in a circle. Amrle, he said, the first thing he screamed was, he said, hello, Tana Avner. Hey, Avner. He woke Avner up. He said, Avner, you weren't protecting Shoal. I was so close. I could have killed him. That's the push-up shot. Yerushalmi is saying, why did he mention Avner first? Why did he call out Avner? He should have first done the right thing and spoken to Shoal. Then he should have like spoken to Avner because he was telling Avner, according to this, he said, hey, Avner, Kabi Knaf, Amarta, Bisira, Huarta. By the Knaf, you said, eh, he didn't really get that close to killing you. He got it from a thorn. How do you think I got this chonis? How did I get this spear? Tzafachat. How did I get this jug? How did I get this? Do you think a thorn cut it off and gave it to me? Besira huaru? So that was the Avera of Avner. In a way, like a shtikl balwash and hara. Some say, you know what his Avera was? Al yidei shokhoisa sveika biyoda limchos benovira kohanim velomicha. He could have really stopped the killing. He could have said no. He didn't just say, I'm not going to do it. He should have said, he should have put his foot down. He should have said, this is wrong. What he said is, I'm not doing it. That wasn't far enough. He should have at that point said, there's no reason why we should kill them. They didn't know about David. They didn't know what was going on. They're not your enemies. And because of that, Avner Although, again, he had his political reasons. Because of that, he was... I'm just going to go a couple more minutes on this, Yerushalmi, and then we're going to uh, start the Bavli. The Pasuk says, when it talks about Lashon it says, Chitzei Gibor Shnunim. The Gibor, the one who says Lashon has got arrows that are sharp. And what are the arrows with? Im Rasomim. And they've got uh, coals. Coals that are powerful coals. Coals that that are from the Rosam tree. What does that mean? What that means is this. Why is Lashon Hara like an arrow? You probably heard this before from the Bavli. Kokli Zion, any other type of weapon, Makin Bimkoman. <laughs> if you get close enough, the guy will bash you up with the sword. Vizeb Makam This is the type of thing that can kill you from far away. That's what Lashon Hara is. Kolagacholim, but Lashonara is like coals, but it's like a special type of coal. Normal coals, when they don't seem to be on fire from the outside, then you know they're on fire, you know that they're also not on fire on the inside. The Elu, but you know, Gachle Rasamim are magical. And that's the way Lashonara is. Lashonara is the same way. 
you might think you made up. You say Lashon Hara about somebody to someone else. Ruvain tells Lashon Hara on Levi to Shimon. Shimon makes up with Levi on Erev Yom Kippur. It's never the same. It's still burning. It's still burning. The Lashon Hara, it doesn't go away. And that's like the Gachle Rasomim. It might seem externally it's not there, but you still remember. You still do, It's the type of thing you almost can never erase, despite the fact that externally they seem to have made up. These magical gachay resamim, somebody uh, left them on Sukkis, and they're still burning on Pesach. That's the, the long-range gacholim. That's what Lashon Hara is like. That's what Lashon Hara is like. Okay. Um, we'll do one. We're just going to do up to the two dots here. Amram Shimon ben Achman, Amram Menachos from Neimat Malech, who was shown Cheshoses. They asked the snake, all the other animals, "Hey snake, why you got your tongue out sticking in the in the dust?" Amram Loin. It's my tongue. It's my tongue that makes me the way it is. Then they asked him, because I said Lashon Har. I said Lashon Har about God. So my tongue is dragging in the dust. They asked the snake again, why do you kill? You kill animals, but you kill people, they just die. What what know do you get by putting your venom in? What do you get from putting your venom in? The lion kills, but he kills to eat. Zev The Zev rips people apart, but rips people and, and other smaller animals apart, but he eats from it. At what I know do you get? Look at the Pasik. Why does the Nochash bite? Something whispers to him. You know what whispers to him? God. The whispers of God way back from Gan Eden. That's whispering and saying, It's only because I've been given this job all the way back from Gan Eden. God is sort of whispering to all snakes, bite, bite them, bite them. Then they asked him, you know, snake, you've got an incredible power. You put your venom in one place, and the whole body dies. The whole body becomes paralyzed and dies. You bite him in the toe, and somehow the venom is able to shoot through the whole system. Amr lehem, the liatim shaylin. You're asking me about what I do. Human beings have that as well. Amru about alashin Khan. He says it to somebody here in Elizabeth, in Union County, and you know what happens. And somebody in Rome dies because of what you're saying. Human beings have the potential. It could kill anywhere. You say it over here. Again, I don't want to make light of the coronavirus. But evil speech also spreads. You, you have it up on the internet. You have it up as a, 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 as a Twitter feed. You have it somewhere. It goes viral. And all of a sudden it goes around the planet. And it can kill. That's like the Nochash's venom that we understand today. Then they asked them one more question. Why are you always by the fences? You're always hanging out by these places where there's fences and doors. Why are you over there? And he says, you know why? Because <laughs> I broke that first fence. 
that fence that Adam Arishain made, right? I, that was that fence, not to eat from the Eitzadas. I'm the one that broke fences. That's why you can always find snakes around there. Okay, that's it for the Yashalmi today. I hope you guys appreciated it. We're now off to the Bavli. More Agadita. So those of you that weren't necessarily involved in the Oimkoy of Aloch, I think are going to appreciate it. We're in the middle of a drosha, baby. The drosha of Rabtam Chum Binavoy. Let me just check over here and see how we're doing. Um, let's see if we have any chats. No? Okay. Yes, it's okay, Rabbi. We're here. Okay, good. Everything excellent, Rabbi. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. All right. So we're here with the drosha of Rabtam Chum. Rabtanchum is Dar Shingarat Shlima Melech. Remember? Shiba Khaniyat Amesim. Right? And we talked about the Ovos and Dovid Amelech. Let's take a look. The Gemara says. Right after that, when everybody knew about Dovid's Mechila, Shlomo couldn't do it. The Aaron could only go in because of David. What happened? Everybody knew. Quillera, yes. could you see what what uh, line we're what, on? Uh, okay, okay. Yes. So, so it's Daflamid Amid Aleph, where the lines become yes. wide. You go down yes. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. The 11th wide line, the fourth, the third word, Vahainu Dixiv. I've got the cursor going right by it, if you if you can see the screen. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Vahainu Dixiv, right after that, what does it say after that incredible event of the inauguration of the Beis HaMikdosh? Mashmini Shilach sends the people away. They went back. Shlomo gave them a brocha, and everyone back to their own little tents on the road and to their homes. Smeichen betoveleiv, happy and good-hearted. For all the great things that, even though David was dead, they realized what God had done for David. And to Yisroel, the Am Hashem, or to Yisroel, the Am of David. What does it mean they went to their tents? An O.L. is another way of saying their wives. The incredible thing was the wives didn't make the trip. When they got home, the wives were tohar. They weren't nidos. And they could love them. They could hug them. They could share the simchas hanefesh with them. It's hard to come home and the wife says, don't touch me. Okay. Smechim, why were they Sameach? You know what? Simcha comes from inside spiritually. They felt growth. They felt that they had grown in that experience. What was that? Shenenu Mizivashchina. They got the Hanah from the glory of the Shechina itself that they recognized happening at the inauguration. The fire coming down, the firemen, Ashamayim, everything from those that two weeks of the inaugural, they still felt it. They were Sameach inside from the Ziva Shechina. Tovei Lev, 
Why? <laughs> that happened a little bit later. They came home. They had sexual relations. Their wives became pregnant. And what happened? <laughs> and they all had boys. Many boys were born. That's Tov Lev. You've got someone carrying your name. <laughs> so the frat said to me when Ido was born, when Yerotah was born, no, <laughs> right? You feel you feel good. You have another boy. <laughs> what was that? Because everybody remembered that David was nimchal, that David's tshuva was accepted. Uli amo. And that something they felt about themselves because they also had something that was nimchal. And what was that? The achel And that was the oven of Yom Kippur that they had eaten on Yom Kippur. Because Shlomo Melech said, we're, we're not fasting this Yom Kippur. Because this Yom Kippur, we're bringing korbanos. Then Sukkot came. The seven days before Sukkot was, was the Miluim. Was, was the inaugural of the Beis HaMikdosh. One of those days was Yom Kippur. They ate. They ate korbonos. Some of them were worried. Hey, did we do the right thing? We were eating. We are eating on Yom Kippur. I know Shlomo and the Bezdin said it, but now they knew. When they saw what Shlomo was about, the power of invoking David, they knew that they had, that it wasn't even an Avera, that they had done the right thing. They didn't feel bad about that. Now, Rav Tanchum continued. So we explained what does it mean, Shabayah What did David Amelech mean, though, when he said that a live dog is better than a dead lion? What did he mean by that? Now we're going to get to the last part of the drosha. So now, that's why reviewed Amarav. Then reviewed Amarav. It's based on a story from a Pusik. And to heal him. David HaMelech had a request from God. Hodieni Hashem Kitsi. Please tell me the end. Tell me what's going to be the future. We all would like to know that ourselves. What's going to be the end? How's it going to end? How's my life going to end? What's going to happen to me? Give me, give me the facts, God. Umidas Yomai. Mahu. And tell me, in a way... Tell me when I'm going to die. Tell me how many days I have to live. Eida machodalani. Now, what did that mean? So the first thing, Tell me what's going to happen to me. Tell me my future. Give it to me exactly. We don't tell people what's going to be their end. We don't tell them. Maybe you can figure it out from your doctor. But I'm not going to tell you. Then he asked, so midas yomahi, tell me how long I'm going to live. Tell me when I'm dying. I'm not going to tell you that either. Okay, so you're not going to tell me when I'm going to die. Tell me something. Tell me what day I'm going to die. Tell me, give me a hint, so to speak. Tell me the day of, what day of the week my death is going to be. Don't tell me the year. Don't tell me the month. Just tell me the day of the week that I will die. I'll tell you, David. God told him, Bishabbos Tomus. 
you're going to die on Shabbos. So it's a Shabbos. Amrit Be'echa B'Shabbos. Amos Be'echa B'Shabbos. Let it be Sunday. On Shabbos, it's going to be a problem. Again, who's going to take care of my body? As I'm to this and that. Let me die on, uh, you know, let me just die the next day. It's going to be much easier. Amr Loi, I can't. You can't be king anymore. If you live till Sunday, that means you were king into Saturday night and Sunday. doesn't work. Shlomo is supposed to take over on Sunday. Shlomo takes over on Shabbos afternoon. You are, that's when, in God's recipe of the world, the way God structures the world, Shlomo HaMelech takes over on Shabbos afternoon. You die on Shabbos. Malchus, you don't share it together. Right? There's no transference. One melech, the other melech. You've got to die because the malchus is over. Shlomo takes over. Okay, he says, you know what? I'm of Shabbos. I'll be mochel the day to Shlomo. Let me die on Friday at least. At least that's a day they could bury me properly. They could do with me. I'll give Shlomo the extra day. You know what God answers him? One God says to David Amelech, one day in your chotzer. What does that mean, your chotzer? In David's chotzer is better than a thousand. I'd rather have you. Shlomo Melech is brilliant. He come, he could come up with the most brilliant ideas. But you're the halacha, you're the lamdin. You're the gadol ador in learning. You're bigger than Shlomo in learning. Your limit atayra is greater than what Shlomo could do with all his brilliance. Shlomo could come up with an idea of getting a thousand karbonos with all these different esoteric kavonos, but you, David Amalek, sitting there and learning the way you do is better than a thousand karbonos. I want you alive learning. So therefore, what happened? Next off, Ahmed Beis. Remember, we're supposed to be going here till about 9.20. Every day of Shabbos, you know what David HaMelech did? He was sitting and learning, going over. You know what Goris means? Going over it again, getting it clearer, breaking it down to smaller pieces, learning like the Yeshiva Bochara in the very first Targa. All day. Then there came the day for the Xerah where David is supposed to die. The Malach HaMoves shows up. The Malach can't get to him. Because David knows the secret. If he stays and learns, Malach can't get him. Because he wouldn't stop. His mouth didn't stop learning theater for an instant. Omar, my Ovid. The Malach says, what am I going to do? My Ovid lay. What can I do? The Malcham is scratching his head. What am I going to do to get this guy? There was a garden behind David's royal palace, his royal, his royal uh, residence. Awesome The Malcham went. Solik, he climbed, he went up. And he started mixing around the trees like bochesh, like to mix a pot. But he stirred up the trees. 
I'm going to do the sound effects here. Don't have got worried. Uh-oh. Something's happening. People might be in danger. What's happening here? There's kids playing. There's servants playing. What happened? So David is still learning. This is Kivalevich's shot in the Gemara. He went out to look, but he's still learning. Still learning. He's still being gracious. Let me see. He's, he's, what, he's compartmentalizing, right? Part of him is looking to see while he's learning what's going on. Somebody in danger? What's happening? And then he says, you know what? I better go up and see. There might be somebody in danger. He goes up a level. You hear this? David HaMelech is doing Torah and what he thinks is chesed together. David, this is Kivalevich's pshat. David is going up in a madrega. <laughs> he's physically going up some sort of staircase, but he's also being oila madrega, the last instant of David HaMelech's life. He's being oila. And what happens? If chesedarga mitutei. What happened was, is that that madrega that he was trying to be Ayla broke. And it snapped. And even though David was trying to do both, David was just a human. And what happened? Ishtik. The tire that he was learning while he was climbing up stopped. Because now David was now in free fall. He wouldn't have died from the fall, possibly. He might have recovered. He was, a, he was an incredible human being in terms of his inner strength. But that was enough because the terror stopped. And then what happened? Vinoch Nafshe. And he died. Sholach Shloima Lebei Midrosha. Shloima Melech finds his father dead. And now there's Halachic Shaila what to do. He, what was the Shaila he sent to the Beis Medrash? Abameis Umutel Bechama. David's dead. David is dead. It was on Shavuot's time, right? That's when David's yard site was. It's hot outside in Eretz Yisrael, Shavuot's time. And what's going on? He's lying in the heat. And the dogs, the dogs that David Amelech kept, the dogs, the watchdogs, the pets, I don't know, they're hungry. What should I do? Now, it could be he was worried the dogs were going to maybe uh, <laughs> were going to take a bite out of David. <laughs> I don't know if they would. <laughs> They're hungry. You never know. There's dead meat on the floor. So they said, you know what you can do? Even though it's called a tircha, even though it's a tircha, and the dogs, you are allowed to be matriach for dogs. That was their first psak. Chatoch nevela. Take a nevela that you found. You have a right to go feed the dogs. That was a psak in halacha. Now, your father's lying there. You don't want him to lie out in the sun. He's muktza. A dead body is muktza. However, we have a shtick for you, they said. Put some bread on him or tinoik. And once you put a bread or have a child crawl on the dead body, then you have a right to pick David up as if he's a table. Put a make David into a table, and then you have a right to move him. Alstadin Muksa. Vitiltavai. That was the Psak. 
that Shlomo Melech received on the day of David's death. So now Rav Tanchum, giving his drosha, says, <laughs> Don't you see that for the dog, that's what Shlomo Melech meant. <laughs> the dog that was alive got the psak first. The dog was alive gets an avela to eat. And the dog, in a way, is better than the dead lion. Who's the dead lion? Tovar HaMelech is the dead lion. Incredible. Incredible. We're hearing this was the treasure that he gave. <laughs> then they asked him, okay, now what about beautiful, beautiful. Then he said, The question that you, the question that I asked you, of course, they asked him, but that's the way a good darshan says. I'm asking you this question. What do you do? Is it, what do you do? Do you, do you extinguish a lamp or not? Let's think about it. Nair, kruya, nair. A nair is called a nair. But neshama shaladim kruya nair also. Nair Hashem nishmasadim. Mutaf, techabe nair shalbosar vidam. This is only a nair of a human. If, if extinguishing this nair can help extend the life of the nair of God, you extinguish the nair, even though it's chilo shabbos. It's not called chilo shabbos. It's bikuach nefesh. And that's the way he answered, But you know one thing, boy, did they get an answer. He didn't just give them a psaq. He gave them the history of Klal Yisrael, David, the Avais, Shloima. That's a drasha, my friends. That is a drasha. Okay, let's go on. Which we just mentioned them before. We talked about Rav Tanchum's drosh. Oh, Koheles is so to each other. The truth is, years before, they didn't want Koheles to really be learned. They wanted to treat Koheles as a sefer that would not be studied. Okay, we knew Shlomo wrote it, but nobody's going to learn it. Why? Because people can't figure it out. Is he against Jew? Is he against life? Is he a nihilist? Nihilist? Is he against the purpose of life? He says everything is Hevel, everything is Hevel. Is that really true? Why is he so negative? This is a safer that's going to turn people off from God. And they were thinking about hiding it, of, of, of storing it away. The beginning of it is there. It says, What is gained from all the work that we have under the sun? What does that mean, under the sun? Why did Shlomo say, It's only under the sun. Before the sun, meaning before creation, things about God you can work on. Things about Elokus you can work on. It's working about under the sun, getting money. That's where Shlomo says is worth nothing. But working hard to figure out the creator of the world, that's a lifelong job that's worth something. Shamar. 
That's the end of Kayeles. So you see, you're supposed to do Torah mitzvahs. I don't understand the middle, but the beginning and end, I know what he meant. So I'll figure out the middle later. It's from the beginning and the end, you figure out what the author is really about. What did Shlomo Melech mean? The Gemara says, My it's not so clear what the differences between these three shitas are. We did this in Brochos as well a number of months ago. I'll try to explain it similar to the way I explained it a couple of months ago. Let's see the first shita. The first, what does it mean? This is all of man. Sir Belozer says what it means is this is all man, meaning the whole world is only Bishvil Zeh. The whole world is to get this guy. The guy who fears, there might only be one person in the world that really fears Hashem. Maybe there's a hundred, whoever they are. But the rest of the world doesn't count. The rest of the world is only to produce that person. Rav Barkano Amar? No, it doesn't mean the rest of the world is nothing. It means Shakul Zek and That he, when you have the Yerei Hashem, they're worth the rest of the world. Again, in today's times when we're making decisions about who's worth what, it's a very scary thing to talk about. But this is what, in terms of Ruchnius, sometimes if you have somebody on, on such a madrega, they are, they are worth the whole world. Okay. Shimon ben Azay Omar, the Amri Shimon ben Zoma Omar, what did ben Azay and ben Zoma, remember those are the ones from Agoda? That's different than the other two. The first one said, the whole world was to produce this guy. Everything else is is sort of like chaff to the kernel. The other one is saying, he's the most important. They're both good, but these few are as important as all these many. Shimon Ben Zoma said, that's not the way it works. There's a community. Now, it's true. These people are like the heads. They are the most important people in the world. But they couldn't make it if it wasn't for everyone else. They need to have markets. They need to have medicine. They need to have cities and communities. So you're right. They are there to provide company for this person. That doesn't mean that the rest of the world is zero. They are the tzavos. In, 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 in like the Palatania says, some are closer, some are farther. But they're all connected in some way to the tzaddikim. That's a little bit better than the other two opinions. Either way, we see Shlomo Melech is extolling the tzaddik. Now, why do you, how do you see Koheles is so sir itself? We already saw it from Rabtanukhum. Here's a couple of other examples. Maidvar Sosrin says, Kosiv Tov Kas Mishok. One Pasuk says that, you know what? It's better to be angry than just to be silly. And the other Pasuk says, when it comes to be happy, to have schok, the silliness, amarti, I say muhulal, it's great. So it's a contradiction. One makes schok negative and one says schok is positive. Other Pasuk says, one Pasuk says simcha is positive. The other person, what does Simcha do? So on both of these steros and the psukim, the Gemara is going to give an answer. The first one was, what does that mean? Kas is better than Which is happening now, Nebuch. 
the cast that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is unleashing on the Tzadikim Nebuch. Tzadikim, who were Nifter Nebuch. It's the cast on the door. That is Toiv. It's cast. But you know what? It's better for them than the Schoik, than the good times. That the Rishoyim are getting this fun time in this world. What did he mean when he said it was Schoik Amarti Muhulal? What did he mean when he said that Schoik is positive? That's going to be the That's where the tzaddikim are going to recognize how in some way ridiculous everything was in this world. How the Torah was nothing. How everything was an illusion. That's going to be the That's what he means. The It's all a perspective. Which tzaddik we're talking about. Next. What is that? That's simcha shal mitzvah. That's when it's a simcha of doing mitzvahs, a, 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 a siyum, which, by the way, remember, we'll talk about that on uh, uh, Wednesday morning, finishing Mesechtas, your Shalmi Mesechtas Brachas. Simcha shal mitzvah, a simcha sudas mitzvah, a simcha of mitzvah, of, of, of the simcha of doing maisa mitzvahs. Those are gewaldic. What is the simcha masu oseh? So simcha shal eno shal mitzvah. That's tam. A simcha that's not connected to a mitzvah. You make it like it's a simcha, but it's not. Simcha, and we have to remember this, my friends. We can't get depressed, as terrible as the news is. Not from laziness. And you can get lazy also sitting here in Coronaville. You get lazy, you're an outsa. What do I got to get up? What do I have to daven for? You're not going to have the shechina that way. And not from Stam. Hey, I got to get my mind off stuff. I have to tell you, last night at 3, 5 in the morning, I needed to get my mind off stuff. I was watching a Marx Brothers movie from 1931. It was called Monkey Business. I needed it. I was feeling so low about everything. I don't know if it helped, but the Shekinah doesn't come that way. Doesn't come from joking around with each other. Graveyard humor. Lo mitech sicha. And not just stam from talking. Lo mitech dvarim b'teilim. Watch ESPN and watch all the sports. <laughs> watch all the sports reruns from the last 80 years. That's not where the Shkina comes from. Elo mitech dvar simcha shal mitzvah. That's where the Shkina comes. Shanemar, Elisha said that when he needed Ruach HaKedesh, what did he say? He said, Get the Menagain, When I hear that music, when I hear that music of Simcha, by the way, if you go to the podcast site, that's Jewish, uh, yeshivaofnewark.jewishpodcast.org, you'll see a playlist that I and the other Yeshiva made of music to listen to that you might enjoy during this period. But if that's what happened when, when Elisha heard the music, then he was able to elevate himself because music is ruchnius. Not the words, but the, but, the, but the melody was able to take him into a, a higher madrega of simcha shal mitzvah, v'atil v'yad Hashem. Amr of Yudah, v'chein l'dvar alocha. You want shechina, you need simcha. You want to be good in learning? You also need simcha. 
you need something of a simcha shel mitzvah for you to, to actually be a positive learner and to get it right in halacha. And the same thing is when it comes to what? When it comes to, if you want to have a good dream, you want to have good dreams at night, so end your night with some sort of mitzvah, of simcha shel mitzvah, you'll see your dreams are going to be different. If a Talmud Chochem, if a Talmud Chochem is sitting and learning in front of his Rebbe, his lips need to be dripping with bitterness. Rashi says, out of Ema, he's so scared. We talked about that in the Halacha, Ema in front of your Rebbe. When you learn Taira, what are you telling me? Tvar Halacha, you have to be happy of Simcha Shal Mitzvah. We have another Chazal that says when you're sitting in front of your Rebbe getting Taira, <laughs> you got to be nervous. Maybe you don't know. You don't deserve to be there. It's Taira. I'm scared. I, I got a bitterness in my mouth. And if you, if you don't have your lips dripping out of bitterness, they should burn. You should get a wound in them. The Pasuk says in Shir Hashirim, so the simple shot is, is that we're talking about the Rabbi Nishol, the lover of Klal Yisrael, but his lips are like roses that are dripping myrrh. That's like a constant flow of myrrh. So Chazal make a drasha, though, Al Tikre Myrrh, Over, like dripping myrrh, like flowing myrrh. Elamar Over. It's like, oi, it's like bitterness in your lips. That's what you should have in Taira. You should feel nervousness and bitterness out of being nervous. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know if I got it. Uh, what's going on? I'm not sure if I have shot. I'm a true Rebbe. I don't know. I deserve to be here. Al tikre shoshanim. The people that are sitting there and learning need to be in a state of fear and bitterness. You told me simcha shal mitzvah? Amar says, uh, depends. Likasha. Ha-baraba, ha-betalmid. The Rebbe's got to be besimcha. The Talmidim have to realize maybe they don't deserve to be there. The Rebbe has to be in a good state. <laughs> the Talmidim are the ones whose lips should be nervous and, 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 and dripping with bitterness. That's the first answer. Even the Rebbe has to have a sense of, 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 of almost super seriousness. You, you don't sense the simcha. It's like, it's like, it's like there's a sense of, 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 of pain here. But it depends. Like Kasha. Depends. Before the shear, he's smiling. He's besimcha. Once the shear starts, it's business, baby. That's the way Rav Salvechik was in Boston, Boston and YU. You didn't know what you were talking about. He came at you like a tiger lashing at your throat. You didn't see the simcha of mitzvah there. You didn't see Mr. Happy giving the shear. That's the way it was after you start. In the beginning, though, you start lightening the mood. Before he started the shear, Omar Milsa de Bidichusa. He would say a joke, some sort of funny thing. And the Rabbanan laughed. And that allowed them to have a certain simcha that being with a Rebbe is fun. Being with a Rebbe is good. It's going to get serious soon. But I just want to start it off by showing that we are here together in a fun way.
with the self. But as they got into the shear, Yosef Be'imsa, you could see Rabbah changed. And there was the Ema that he was a conduit of the words of God. And therefore what was going on was very serious. And then he started the shear. Absolutely for Mishlei, Bikshu Ligna, Shayyadvarv Seisran says that. Mishlei also sounded like it was contradictory. Just going to go a couple more minutes to get to the bottom of the page. Yeah. Why didn't they hide Mishlei? They said, look, we did the work on Koelis. Amre, Sefer Koelis, Lavaininan, Sefer Koelis, Lavaininan, Vieshkachaninan, Taima. With Koelis, we weren't sure about it. We looked at it and we, okay, we came up with a pshat. Ochanami. Here, too, we don't have to be going as it. If you work hard enough, you'll figure out how the Psukim and Mishlei don't contradict. Let's look at it, and we'll see they're not contradictory. Okay, show me the stira. Well, here's one. One Pesach says, Don't answer the fool like his foolishness. But the other Pesach says, the other Pusik says, no, do talk to the Ksil. Right afterwards, one Pusik says, some fool, some f- fool asks you a question, don't even answer him. Don't go down to his level. The other Pusik says, no, you have to answer the fool. What does it mean? Lokasha, depends. When it's divreteira, even though the guy's foolish, there is no bad question. The guy needs to be answered. But if he stops asking you something, trying to get your goat, and trying to like stalk you and hurt you, then don't even respond or respond in a different way. There was a troublemaker who came in front of Yehuda Anosi. He said to him, Hey, Rebbe, <laughs> you think she's your wife? I've been sleeping with her. Your kids? Your kids, Shimon and Gamliel? You, you think they're yours? Banai, I'm the dad of them. Tried to start this rumor. So he said to him, look, I see that you've got this type of attitude. You, you like uh, titillating things. You like to get my gourd? You know what? I got some good wine for you. How'd you like to have just a cup of wine? Shasa, he drank it, upoka. Now, most people say the pshat is he died. <laughs> the troublemaker died when he had the drink of wine. You could say he just burst. In other words, the idea went out of his head. That's the way Rav Cook understands, I think, this Gemara. That he sort of gave him this idea, look, I see what you're after. You obviously are a low person. You obviously, you got your mind in the gutter. Hey, look, you know what? Normally, I don't give people drinks. I'll tell you what, I got some good wine for you to drink. Just drink this up, baby. That, that's good enough. Similar story happened to Rebbe's student, Rav Chia. Who'd also come to Rav Chia. Amrlei, what did we tell Rav Chia? Hey, Rav Chia, your mother? Imcha <laughs> ishti. Your mother? I'm the one who's been, I'm, I, your mother, I was sleeping with your mother. Vatabana, you're my son. Which means he's a mamzer. Amrlei, so Rebchia said, I'll answer you. He did what Rebbe did. I see where your brain is. How about having some wine? <laughs> he drank it, and that, that satisfied him enough. Or he died. Either way. If you, like, if you want him to die, we can say that he died. <laughs> you know what it was? 
You know how we was able to get rid of this guy that the guy couldn't start a rumor because the Rebbe davened every morning. And you know what his davening was? Delay was Shavia B'nai Mamzeri. Because Rebbe's tefillah is the type of tefillah to make sure that people don't say about your children their mamzerim. Because you know what we say every day? We use Rebbe's tefillah. We should mean it when we're davening here in, in Coronaville. To Rebbe, ki abhi matzli, when Rebbe davened, he would say, Yiret seymo vanech Hashem alikeinu, shetatzileini ayoy me az ponim, me azay ponim, u me azayz ponim. Save me from these chutzpin yakers who are going to come and make these wild accusations. If you make those tefillahs properly, you're not going to have trouble, and people aren't going to say about your children, their mamzerim. But you have to make a tefillah, because you never know what sort of people want to start up with you. Now, that's that's if what? That's if the guy is bedvarim shalalma. You don't answer him. Give him a drink of wine. Talk to him about something else. Bedivrei teira, you got a ksil. But you are supposed to answer him, mahi. Kiyodiyos v'ragamuil v'kodorish. Ragamuil gave a drasha. An important drasha about the Mashiach's time. A lot of people think that we're about to get the Mashiach's time. Here's something about Mashiach's time right now. Women aren't going to go through gestation periods. They're not going to have nine months of pregnancy. It's going to be get pregnant, you're going to have the baby right away. The Pusik says in Yirmiyahu. That's what's going to be in the Mashiach's time. Because it's all a tsar to have to go through the... It's all a tsar to have to go through pregnancy. What happened? There was a certain Talmud that said, Yeah, you nuts. That's not going to happen. Omar. And the Talmud says, Nothing's going to change. You think the world's going to change in Mashiach's time? The world's not going to change. Amr he says, I'll show you. You think there's nothing like that today? I'm going to show you a type of thing that even today has a baby every day. What's that? Nofak, he went out. He showed him a chicken. You see the importance of chickens? You know what the importance of hens are? Hens are the simon loss in lovely. That, that's the way humans are going to be. Just like a hen, whack, whack. Lays an egg every day. That's the way it's going to be. The fertility of human beings is going to be like chickens, like hens. That's what he wanted to show him. God has, you say, oh, God's not going to create something new. There, it's already exists in this world. So he answered him. He answered the Xil like his sense of being Xil. He had to give him an answer. His question is obviously a wrong-headed question. But he gave him an answer within his frame of reference from the way he asked the question. Then what else did Rav Gamliel say? And Rav Gamliel said, what else did he say? In the future, Peros, you're not going to have to go through a winter. They're going to bring out Peros every day, just like we said, humans are going to bring babies out. Shenemar, the Pasuk in Yechesko says, Venosa Anaf, you're going to see the, the, the branch go, grows a little bit. For Osa Peri, it's going to get a Peri every single day. Ma Anaf just like the Anaf is there every day. Af Pri there's going to be new Peros every day on the tree. Again, Liga Golavaisa Talmud. He said, oh, come on, that's not going to happen. Omar. Maxif, doesn't the Pasuk say, There's nothing new that could happen? 
and you're telling me the world's going to change? Nothing like that happens today. There's no tree that gives fruit every single day. I'm going to show you something even in today's time, which is a symbol of the future time. What's that? Remember Tzlaf from the sixth parakel of Brochus, the caper bush? Check that caper bush out. Look at that caper bush. You're going to see it's producing new things, new types of fruits every day. What's going to come out of it? What's going to come out of Eretz Yisrael are chalas are going to come out. The klimiles. And what's going to come out? Wool clothing, sweaters, uh, jackets. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. It, it's, it's gonna, it, 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 what's going to happen is you're not going to have to take it and shear it from the, from the goat, from the sheep. The, the ground itself is going to bring this stuff out. How do you know? Shenemar, the Pasuk and Tilim says, Yehi pisas bar ba'aretz. So pisas bar, Rashi says, means like a handful of, of bread, like a handful of bread, of bar. And also the word pisas is also, pas is also from milas. It's also this, this expensive wool material. Ba'aretz. So the ground is going to bring forth bread and clothing. You're not going to have to mill it and grind it. It's going to come straight out of the ground. And again, he laughed. I'm going to show you something that comes out. It comes out and it's like ready-made. What did he show him? He showed him what? He showed him truffles and mushrooms. Look at that. Look how big they are. They just pop out big. Over it rains, a big mushroom comes. That's what it's going to be like when the, when the earth brings forth chalas, chalot, <laughs> lafa. Now you want to know about klimilis? You want to know about like, 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 like clothing? Navra barkaira. So Rashi explains, what is that? Navra barkaira? Siv kamin levush mitsuyer if you take a look at the when the when the when the date tree is 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 young in its first couple of years in its first year if you take a look at the at, at the at, at the top you're going to see it looks like clothing there it looks like it looks like this lattice work uh, uh, that's growing there it looks like a piece of clothing like you could rip off and use that's the Anapa Elon when it's rach. It comes out every year. And before it gets hard, that's called the core of the Dekel. So that was his remez to show that it happens in the future as well. So we did the blot, Rabbi Isai. Um, um, and we're going to... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.